You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Shout out to anyone that got that reference off the top. Scott Hall, we love you. And this week it is episode 189 and we're going to stay at the Casa NES for one more episode and talk about another run and gunner like we did with Contra last week that admittedly... I knew nothing of two months ago, but then I played it, I beat it, and it is now one of my favorite NES games ever. We're talking Gunsmoke, and I know, like, listen, Gunsmoke is not Contra, but it's not that far off. It's really fucking good. And listen, I know there's a bunch of you right now that are probably in the same spot that I was. You've never heard of this game before, and you're like, ah, well, what is this? Where's the third game that you have heard of here instead? Uh, Listen, do not sleep on this game, and do not sleep on this episode. Well, I mean, you've already downloaded it, so like, I guess if you don't want to listen, like, I got the download, but you should give it a chance. It's going to be fun. Gunsmoke is a hidden gem. It is an auto-scrolling shooter where you play as a cowboy in the Old West, and you shoot at ninjas, among other enemies, which was the style at the time. It's super basic, but much like last week's Contra, it's tough but fair, it's super easy to learn, super tough to finish, and if you like the episodes where I get just hella worked up and excited and passionate and I just gush all over video games, this one is for you. And the only reason I found this game was because a member of our community, the man with the most soothing voice 
in all of Remember the Game Industries homes sponsored it. And listen, just before, and I say this on every sponsored episode, don't think just because someone stepped up and sponsored this one that I'm afraid to criticize the game. If I think the game sucks... I'm going to tell you, and I warn everyone in advance, but this was a special game for Holmes growing up, and I'm actually I'm sincerely grateful to him, not only for generously sponsoring the podcast, but for introducing me to a fucking banger of a video game, because I love tough but fair games, and that's exactly what Gunsmoke is. And we'll get there in just a minute, because speaking of introductions that are fucking bangers, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Rentals are kind of long. You're looking at 30, 35 minutes, but they're fun. They don't suck. It's like an endless arcade game that you never get tired of, except it it has an end. So it doesn't end. It's not endless and it doesn't cost you any money. It's fun. It's anyway, maybe I should try that. It doesn't cost you a quarter. Maybe I should start charging a quarter. If you're listening to this, you go, you owe me 25 cents. Send 25 cents to remember the game. P.O. Box 69181 Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. T6V1G7. Don't don't actually do that i don't know if it's even legal to merit to mail money but that really is my p.o box if you want to send me like a postcard or something i'll write back we'll be friends uh we have merchandise we have hoodies t-shirts coffee mugs posters all rocking badass art drawn by my man joe at 4545creative.com you can find our remember the sega dreamcast shirt over there our console wars shirt there's our video game mashups the nintendo power tribute which is my favorite design of the whole bunch is over there uh you can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it is a great way to support the show we have some new designs we're working on getting on the site too that i think are going to look awesomely outrageous if i could be honest we'll have those up i don't know when we're both very busy at some point we'll have those up and of course if you're like eh I don't do close. Not for me. You can always just support us on Patreon for only two bucks. US. I should clarify. US dollars a month. You get two additional podcasts every week. You get exclusive access to my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday, where I look at all the biggest news in modern gaming. I add my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there. And you also get access to Expansion Pass every Thursday, which is a different show each week. We do game rankings. We look back at characters and consoles. We do some comedy episodes. There's game reviews. This past week on Expansion Pass, I reviewed Pokemon Legends Arcade for the Nintendo Switch. There was stuff about that game that I thought was just awesome, and there was stuff about that game that I thought was just fucking awful. I'm not a diehard Pokemon fan, so it was a review from pretty casual Poke player, and as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler-free Pokemon Legends Arceus review. Point being, yeah, like I'm used to that, that most Nintendo games don't have voice acting. Um, So that doesn't, that's not a deal breaker to me. It would be nice. I do think like the day is coming where we're all collectively going to kick Nintendo in the ass and be like, start putting fucking voice acting. It's 2022 for fuck's sakes. Put some fucking, look what I'm doing right now. You just hit record and then you've got the audio and it just, like at some point they're going to have to fucking do more voice acting. Um, but it wasn't a deal breaker for me. And the reason that wasn't a deal breaker for me is because even if it had all been voice acted, I probably would have skipped 90% of it anyways. My biggest gripe with this game is, and we might as well just get the stuff I dislike out of the way first and then we'll sap, we'll wrap it up with the stuff I do like so that we, you know, finish on a high note, finish positive. My biggest problem with this game, whether it would have been fucking voice acted by goddamn Morgan Freeman or it was just fucking reading, is that in my opinion, the story and the fucking cutscenes and the plot and stuff like that in this game is so painfully boring. 
So that's now available in our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 102, we're doing our second Ask Adam Anything. Admittedly, I'm very swamped with comedy podca- or shows this week. In addition to doing the four podcasts and the streams, I, I, just, I don't have time to write a full episode of Expansion Pass. So every seven or eight months, basically when I kind of need a break, I take a ton of questions from the patrons and I answer them. And they're usually a lot of fun. So that'll be coming up this Thursday. Again, two bucks gets you two additional episodes every week. Instant access to give or take approximately 200 archived episodes. Plus you can join our Remember the Game Discord. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You get the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our shows. And you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. Huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Nickaroo2, Unproductive Male, Daniel Penland, Rich Jenkins, Daniel, Solar Powered Badger, Wyatt the Surgeon Rowe, Paul Phillips, Logan Jonicek, Tyler Nadiger, J Bob, I fucked both of them up. J Bob, I got that one right. Redline85, Grub Thuggery, and Albert Gianforti, who I'm sure I, Gianforti, I'm sorry, Albert, I fucked that up as well. But either way, consider it a badge of honor. Thank you all so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. It's patreon.com slash remember the game. And don't forget that 5% of our Patreon every month is getting added to a pool. And in December, when I do my 24-hour charity stream for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton, uh, my girlfriend and I will be donating that entire pool. We're at almost $500 already. And we're only three months into the year, so it's awesome. Uh, patreon.com slash remember the game. And finally, you can find me on Switch if you're interested. Twitch.tv and then look for Member the Game over there. Not remember, fuck that guy, girl, person, whoever that is, but Member the Game over on Twitch. And I'm on there a couple nights a week whenever I can. All right, that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few. Com- uh, I should have said, let's blow some of you. That's how do I fuck this up after all these episodes? It's our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons. Usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. And our first blower this week is Phil McCracken, who wrote in about last week's episode of Contra, which if you haven't heard yet, um, my guest Brad and I got into a pretty heated argument about who the two... Uh, the two ch- gentlemen on the cover art for Contra are. And Phil McCracken wrote in and said, um, actually, Brad. Oh, sorry, I should be doing it in the voice. <clears throat> uh, actually, Brad, the cover of Contra is clearly Rambo and Artie from Predator, not Commando, you uncultured swine. Shit, Adam, where did you find this guy, Unglaven? I don't know where I fucking found him, Phil. He just, uh, he asked me for some change one time and I gave him some and he just keeps following me the fuck around now. Thank you for sticking up for me. I appreciate it. Banjo the Bear wrote in and said, Adam, your favorite one player mode in a wrestling game? I loved the championship mode in No Mercy, but I also really enjoyed the WWE Day of Reckoning story mode where you create your wrestler and have them go through WWE developmental, then Sunday Night Heat, then to Raw or SmackDown. I wasn't a fan of this at first, but I grew to like it. Um, usually Banjo, thanks for writing in. Usually when I play wrestling games, my go-to mode these days is universe mode. I like to be the fucking, I'm, you know, I'm Vince McMahon and I like to book everything and make it better than crappy WWE today. But, uh, my favorite one player mode is probably WWF No Mercies. Um, 
there are better modes out there. I think a lot of it just has to do with how much I love WWF No Mercy. But like they have multiple storylines for each title belt. And then if you lose, you go in one storyline. And if you win, you go to another one. Add in that it's one of my favorite games ever and one of the best eras in wrestling ever. And I love all those championship belts, uh, including that is the best WWF championship belt ever is the Attitude Era belt. Don't at me. And uh, yeah, I WWF No Mercy would probably be mine as well. I am. Uh, some of you have been asking, are you going to get WWE 2K22? I originally know. But the reviews, the feedback and stuff are pretty good. And now I'm like, maybe. I don't really have time to play it, but I'm still tempted to pick it up anyway. So then maybe it'll be my new favorite one-player mode. Oh, I will say too, uh, WWE 12 or 13, it was the one with CM Punk on the cover where they introduced like the Attitude Era storylines and you replayed some of those. That's up there as well. I fucking love that game. Thank you for writing in Banjo the Bear. Travis Renberg wrote in and said, what's up, Adam? The other day, I, that's my fucking phrase, Travis. You don't say it like that. But Travis says, what's up, Adam? The other day I heard on one of your recent podcasts that you're planning to finally, you're planning to finally play Final Fantasy Tactics, and you're also planning to play Triangle Strategy. Hopefully you don't get turned too burned out on the genre because they're both fantastic, and it'd be interesting to hear your comparisons slash differences if they're both played in relative proximity. Uh, yes, I am. So for any, I guess I think I've said it on Remember the Game, but if I haven't, I guess now is the time to let the cat out of the bag as we are 11 episodes away from the big 200. The goal slash plan is to review Final Fantasy Tactics for Remember the Game number 200. It is probably our most requested game outside of Majora's Mask, which shan't ever get an episode from me. And, uh... I just, I have never played it. So I finally have fired it up over the past week. I am working my way through it. So far, so good. Hopefully I can get it done in time for episode 200. And uh, so Triangle Strategy, which if you don't know, is a new game that released on the Nintendo Switch, which is also a tactical style game, but with just those awesome Octopath Traveler graphics. Um, it's probably, if not my most anticipated game of 2022, very close. I really want to get to it, but I have put it on the back burner until I get through Final Fantasy Tactics. Because I think if I try to play two of those games at once, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to get sick of them so uh triangle strategy I'm, I'm taking one for the team here this is my most anticipated game and i'm like you can wait because the people want final fantasy tactics and who am i to deny the people what they want so i i do plan to get to it eventually and i'll definitely be comparing them i'm sure uh assuming that i don't fucking hate one of them and just give up halfway through but i knock on wood that won't be the plan i like tactical games so so far final fantasy tactics is pretty rad so there you go cranky k if you want to know anything else about what i think about final fantasy tactics you're gonna have to wait for episode 200 uh, Cranky Caleb wrote in and said, how do you like your hot dogs? I like mine with a bit of sweet coleslaw and crunched up ruffle potato chips on them. Maybe a tiny bit of sriracha if I'm feeling frisky. In any case, looking forward to playing some Mario Strikers this summer with the rest of the hot dogs. Yes, fuck, I can't wait for Mario Strikers. I feel like we've answered this before, and usually when I do, I say something different, and then everyone yells at me because they're like, oh, well, last time you said your favorite topic was this. Um, I, I nary have met a hot dog topping I don't like. I don't like mayo. On my dogs. I know a lot of people put mayo on their hot dogs. That's my dad does. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. Um, mustard is a, is a must-have. I don't even care if it's fancy mustard. I'm fine with just the fucking straight-up French's yellow mustard. But mustard, it's got to be on there. Followed by onions. And then relish. Uh, cheese is okay, but I don't need cheese on it. Um, potato chips are pretty good. I don't put potato chips on mine very often. But yeah, that does sound good. Um, yeah, that's honestly like if you were to give me a hot dog and you're just like, Hey, what do you like? My go-to is probably a healthy layer of mustard, a whole bunch of onions, maybe some banana peppers and some relish. That's my go-to hot dog toppings, but I'll put just about anything on a hot dog. Bacon bits, dude, bacon bits and cheese. Like, Oh yeah, that's fucking, mm. or just fucking barbecue them and then cut them up and throw them in some craft dinner. That's good shit too. 
Philip S. wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, what's the expectation on the Rays season this year now that baseball's back? And how did you end up rooting for them as a Canadian? Why not the Jays? So uh, to answer the second question first, when I started playing a base, I, I bought my first baseball video game around the year 2000 for my PlayStation, and I needed to pick a team. And the Tampa Bay Devil Rays had just come into MLB, and they were the worst team in the game with the ugliest logo I'd ever seen. And I was like, hey, it's, it's like going to the pound and seeing all the cute puppies and then seeing the one beat up puppy with three paws and one eye. And I was like, oh, look at that guy. And then I just fell in love with them and I've cheered for them ever since. How do I feel about them going into the season? Uh, okay. It depends on when Glasnow comes. I won't, I promise for all of you that are interested in baseball, I'll, this will be like a 30 second answer. Uh, depends partially on when Glasnow comes back. Cause he had to get his fucking Tommy Jong surgery last year, which doesn't help them. But like they're, they're a good team and no one can deny that they're a good team. They're in a fucking stacked division. The Yankees are good. The Red Sox are good. I think the Jays are going to be really good. Uh, I think that they'll, I think if they're healthy, they'll, they'll be in the hunt and they'll keep playing their mad scientist baseball and fucking see what happens. But I, I, my expectation is for them to make the playoffs, especially with the new format. After that, we'll see, but I expect them to be in the playoffs. Uh, so there you go. Thanks, Philip. Now, Evan O'Byrne, or Brian, pardon me, Evan O'Brien wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I know you usually say that you purchase digital, but with the Cowabunga collection getting a physical release, is that something you would get in physical media format since it's a turtle-related item? Uh, probably not. I'm still probably going to go digital. The only games I buy physically are either ones that I can get at a smoking discount because they're used or on sale or whatever, uh, games that I think Shaylee would want to play, my girlfriend, on her Nintendo Switch, or games that I think I'm going to beat once, sell it, and never want to touch it again in a million years. Um, other than that, I just prefer the convenience of the digital. I don't have to leave the house, download it. It's fucking there. It's like take all my games with me on the road for comedy. So, uh, no, I'm 90% sure I'm going to buy the Cowabunga collection, uh, physically or part of me digitally, unless it's like a complete dude. That game is like, if you haven't seen it yet, they announced like a collection of all like these old retro turtles games that's coming later this year. Like all the NES ones, Genesis, Game Boy, Super Nintendo looks fucking incredible. Like that game would have to be beyond broken to not be a day one purchase for me. Oh, I can't wait. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Michael Matthews wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I was going through your backlog of episodes, and I saw you did part two episodes for a bit and explained that you wanted to freshen up your takes on games you covered back in the old days. What happened to doing that once a month? And do you have plans to do any more of them soon? I'm sure your gaming backlog is filled up with titles to talk about currently. I was just curious if these would be making a comeback sometime. Uh, so, yeah, they will be. I actually don't do them once a month. I do them every 10 episodes. So it began with episode 105, we revisited Super Mario World, which we covered on episode one, and then episode 115, 125, 35, 45, 55, etc. So we actually have one left, which will be episode 195, and I'm not sure which game we're going to cover yet. And if you're wondering, we just basically do a new episode on a game we covered from like three, four years ago, back in the early, like, first few months of Remember the Game. And like, frankly, it's because I think those are some of the best games ever we've ever talked about. And I hate those episodes. Not that my guests did a bad job, but like I wasn't comfortable behind the mic yet. I didn't know what I wanted the podcast to be. So I thought those episodes deserved another look. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do another batch of them once we get over 200, like episode 205, 215, 225. I'm, I'm on the fence about covering more of the games that we covered back in the day. Um, but I am thinking about it. So if that's something that interests you all, uh, please let me know. Would, would you be in, like, would you, I mean, I see the download numbers, people download those episodes, but I don't know if that's cause they're excited about the remaster, like the, the second visits or if they're excited because, uh, they're just big name games. I don't, I'm not sure, but I'd be like to know what you guys think. Would you be interested in more of those episodes? Let me know. Cause as of now, 
I'm on the fence about keeping it up, but 195 will be another one of those for sure. Thank you for writing in, Michael. Thank you to everyone that wrote in. We're getting like 40, 50 messages a week now. So I, I really, I got to pick a few. Sorry if you're not getting read. You know how it works. Keep going. I promise I'll try to get you on the show when I can. Let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and we'll get there in just a minute. And I figured this week, since we're talking about an arcade port in Gunsmoke, I'll take three more arcade ports that I absolutely love in Paperboy, Donkey Kong, and Galaga, and throw them into the hot seat. And for the record, I did consider Altered Beast for this one for a long time. I had to trim the list down to three, and uh, I went with three that I played like a madman growing up. A mad boy, I guess, back in the day. It was a two-horse race, but play Donkey Kong, remake Paperboy, and erase Galaga snuck out a victory and came out on top. I always say that there's no wrong answers, but I really feel that way this week. All three of these games are dope, and they're as playable today as they were back then. All three of these would make great remakes. So I can't imagine there's anything I'm going to get pissed off at, but let's see what a few of you had to say, and then I'll explain what the right answer is. We had 69 replies this week, which is nice. So thank you all very much. Kick things off with Slick Rick, who wrote in and said, Play Donkey Kong. I didn't care for this version much, but Donkey Kong Country games are great, and I wouldn't want to mess around with that timeline. Yeah, you wouldn't want to fuck with the deep lore of Donkey Kong Country. I get it. <laughs> no, I get, I get it. I get it. Uh, Rick says, Remake Galaga. I'm not sure what to remake it into, but why not? Erase Paperboy. The only reason I played this week, I hate this fucking game. It was stupid. I don't understand why it makes lists for anything other than shit lists. <sighs> Somebody got fired from his paper route as a kid. Jesus Christ. Dude, Paperboy's fucking great. You're crazy. You know either you were fired as a Paperboy as a child or a Paperboy fucking ran over you on their bike or hit you in the face with a newspaper or maybe your parents hit you with a newspaper and now you're just afraid of newspapers or maybe they hit you with bikes and now you're afraid of bikes. Or I don't know. How can you hate Paperboy? That game's a goddamn gem. I don't, you're not the only one that wrote in and said this game sucks. We're erasing it either. I, and I, there are no wrong answers. Some of you are just insane. There's, there's a difference between insanity and being wrong. You're, you're not wrong. You're just fucking crazy. Uh, Brian Madden wrote in and said, I'm going to play Donkey Kong because it's an industry standard. It works fine. I'm going to remake Paperboy because it's fun but brutal. I don't know if that's my fault or theirs, but maybe if they iron some things out a bit, we can know for sure. And I'm going to erase Galaga because it's always been there next to Miss Pac-Man and I passed it up every time. Why stop now? I can get on board with that logic. And I really like Galaga. I remember playing it with my mom when we were kids, when I was a kid, when she, not when she was a kid, but when I was a kid, um, it was one of the games she liked. But the thing is, is you're right. Like if I went to an arcade today and saw a Galaga cabinet and it's near a Miss Pac-Man or a Pac-Man or a Donkey Kong or a Popeye or a WrestleFest or you're, I get it. You're right. It's, it's Galaga's not at the top of my list. I get it. Uh, Sean, uh, uh oh, fuck. I'm going to say your last name wrong, Sean. Sean, 
Uh, Bali. I like Bali because it's like baller. I, I'm sure Bailey. I'm fuck. I'm sorry, Sean. Sean wrote in and said, "Play Galaga." So many great memories in arcades when my parents bowled, pumping quarters into this game. Remake Donkey Kong because why not? It's a classic that updated graphics would make even better. And erase Paperboy. Fuck that game seriously. I played Paperboy in real life when I was younger. Why do I need the game? Because Sean, even if you were a Paperboy, if you were Paperboy as a kid, you'd be a natural at playing Paperboy because you're whipping newspapers through people's windows and whipping them at old ladies and at dogs and you're doing tricks and. It, Fuck me, man. We got to do an episode of Remember the Game about Paperboy. I'm floored that so many people are showing disrespect for Paperboy. Luckily, Pornovirus, with a name like that, you know this comment's going to be full of class. Pornovirus wrote in and said, Play Paperboy. It's been remade before and it didn't retain the magic. The classic version is a nostalgic throwback to simpler times. It never loses its charm. Remake Galaga. So much potential to do something fresh, whether it be an indie-style 2D refresh or a full-blore 3D reimagining. Erase Donkey Kong. Fuck that game. I think you've been infected, porn virus. If you're fuck, oh my god, you get porno virus wants to erase Donkey Kong. There's no wrong answers, but that's a fucking whoo. That is a spicy take. Boston Pork Sword said, "Play Paperboy." I could be absolutely wrong, and I'll go back and watch gameplay of this. But as a kid, I remember loving this game for some weird reason. When I uh, I know everybody, or when I know everyone else hates it, so I just need to know. No, you fucking loved it. It's awesome. Remake Donkey Kong with next-gen graphics. This game will be sick with a lot of added puzzle features on how to dodge incoming barrels and enemies. Erase Galaga. I was never a fan, and to put it nicely, this game is boring after three minutes. I listen. I like all three of these games, but I could see of these three. I think Galaga gets old the fastest. And it's it's a great game. Not dumping on Galaga, but it does get old the fastest of the three. I get on board with that. And Matt Babineau wrote in and said, this one is pretty simple. Erase Galaga. There wasn't a ton to this game the first time, and there have been so many alternate versions of this game, even on mobile phones. Just check the app store. We don't need it. Play Donkey Kong. It's still pretty fun to this day. And to be honest, other than by remaking it into a new Mario game, what else could you really do with it? And then lastly, remake Paperboy. This game was awesome, and it had so much potential. I see it being remade a few ways. A couple examples would be a Tony Hawk, Matt Hoffman, BMX game with goals and a few tricks here or there. Or even better idea would be to remake it into a bully style game your paper route is what starts your day but the people in the drama that follow could be interesting to say the least just a couple of ideas i read your comment this week matt simply because i love the ingenuity of remaking paperboy i think the idea of remaking paperboy like bully sounds fucking awesome like i'll invest you put that on kickstarter i'll give you 10 bucks that's a great fucking idea it's not what I would do, though. 11% of you were on my side this week, including Jerry, the 3D printed sawstrich. <laughs> it's a sweet handle. Who said, I'll play Paperboy. Sure, this game sucks a lot of ass, but I can deal if only for the rules of the game. That's not true. Remake Donkey Kong. I have to show the respect it deserves here because it created what would become two massive characters for Nintendo in both Mario and DK. Erase Galaga. It's a sequel anyway, and no one is going to miss it. I disagree with your logic, Jerry, but I do agree with your 3D printed sawstrich uh, order because that's what I would do. I would play Paperboy, not because it sucks a lot of ass, but because it's fucking awesome and perfectly playable today. And I fucking, of these three, by far the one I could play the most is Paperboy. I love that game. I'm going to remake Donkey Kong and I wouldn't really change much. I would just basically give it like a makeover and make it look like Super Nintendo-y. And I don't think like Donkey Kong Country Super Nintendo-y, but I mean like the pixel art Super Mario World-y kind of, but just make it look really pretty. Like the way the NES 3D All-Star Mario games look. That's how I would make Donkey Kong look on the Super Nintendo. And then I'd add online and all that kind of stuff. Maybe a two-player mode where you could play as Donkey Kong and someone else could play as Mario. That'd be fun. Uh, and then I'm going to race Galaga. 
it did nothing wrong. I love that game. I've already explained. Of the three, it's the one that I would play the least. And there's still like Space Invaders and all these other games. There's lots to play. But I likes me some Galaga too. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week. I uh, Even those fucking weirdos that said Paperboy sucks. You're all on double secret probation, you psychos. Uh, what have I been playing over the last week? And then we'll get into Gunsmoke. Uh, I've been, I, not a ton. I've been trying to play Horizon Forbidden West. I really wanted to review that game on Expansion Pass next week, but I just don't know if it's going to happen because I don't know if I'm going to have time to finish it. That is a big fucking game, and I haven't had a ton of time to play, but I'm really liking it. It's fun. Uh, I've been playing Dino Crisis on the original PlayStation. Is that one our Patreon poll this month? I think I'm almost done it, so you'll get that episode sometime in the next month. That game is pretty sweet, too, if you like the old Resident Evil-style games. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm playing Final Fantasy Tactics. I'll save my thoughts for that on the podcast. And I've been playing a little bit of Mario Kart 8. I was just playing it last night. Um... Just trying to shake the rust off and get ready for the new tracks that are coming this Friday, which I can't fucking wait for. But that's what that's what I've been playing. Let's talk Gunsmoke. That's why you're here. As always, I like to give you nerds a chance to sound off before my, you know, I, I won't lie to you. I'm going solo this week. But before Holmes and I talk about why Holmes feels so passionately about this game, I'd like to give a few of you a chance to sound off. Uh, Mercury869 wrote in and said, I remember going to my cousin's house and he had the NES in our family. He owned this game. I loved it, but holy heck, is it hard. I don't think I ever made it through the first level, but this game would ruin in souls players it's hard but not cheap hard fucking rights suck on that all you souls people that are like where are you gonna play elden ring when are you gonna play Gunsmoke? because i can beat this game i don't need to play elden ring i have Gunsmoke. andrew jung wrote in and said i first played this about five or six years ago and i enjoyed it quite a bit it's fucking balls hard but it has great controls and gameplay the fun factor is definitely there so i'll still come back to it from time to time only to get my dick kicked in over and over well everyone's got to get their dick kicked in by something <laughs> Cheesehead West wrote in and said tried this for the first time on the PS2 as a part of the Capcom Classics collection and I fell in love with it it's too bad it didn't love me back and continuously kicked my ass then and still does today it's still a lot of fun though it's fucking awesome and good for you Cheese West for trying it and Evan O'Brien wrote in and said hey Adam this is the only video game my mom ever played that I can recall as a child I remembered her laughing about how she shot her own horse while playing because she couldn't get on it and then said she didn't want to play it anymore from what I now understand is she got shot a whole bunch well on the horse it died and she didn't realize it was dead and again began shooting the horse I, I still think of that story anytime I revisit or play Gunsmoke if she'd only known she didn't kill the horse maybe she would have played more games dude I love that that horse changes the game if you don't know anything about it I'm going to explain this literally like there's not a lot of meat on the bone in this game so I'm going to explain how this, how this entire game works why it's awesome why you need to play it where it is available which is practically nowhere but before I do any of that Holmes, who was kind enough to sponsor this episode, is going to bless your ear holes with his sultry voice. And we're going to talk about Gunsmoke, why he likes it so much, and he's going to explain a little giveaway that he's doing as well. And then I'll get into why this game is so goddamned good and on one of my patented, long-winded, yelling-at-the-cloud segments. So I'm going to cue up that Gunsmoke music. And when it stops, my buddy Holmes and I are going to look at Gunsmoke, which originally released in arcades in North America on October 1985, and then jumped over to the NES in North America in February of 1988. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly... 
I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. All right. So as I will have mentioned during the intro, this is yet another one of our uh, infamous sponsored episodes of Remember the Game. And joining me via the the, Zoom, the blank Zoom, I don't know. I got to come up with a cool name for Zoom. But anyway, we're on fucking Zoom. There's no cool name for it. Uh, is the dude that uh, brought this episode to light and picked Gunsmoke, which I have to say was a phenomenal pick. Uh, but it's my man Holmes from our community. How's it going, buddy? Hey, not too bad, bud. But you, Dude, I got to say, you fucking, before we get into the game, you have got the greatest voice in the history of this fucking like I'm like I'm listening to you just you and I have been talking off air for like half an hour and I'm like man I'm fucking like I swear to god like Barry White is on the fucking podcast right now. It's so <laughs> well, hot. If I, if I could sing, I'd I'd sing I would sing you a song right now, but I oh can't do that. you can you're just being humble. I guarantee we get <laughs> off air and you're just like my dog and anyway. Um you picked gunsmoke. Holmes, and when you pick this fucking game, I'm like, uh, are you sure? Like, I mean, I was like, are you sure that this is? And then I started playing it. And I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I get it. So, uh, what the fuck, man? Hung gun smoke. Why? Well, I mean, honestly, I went through like a list of like games that I remember playing back in the day, uh, things that I just remembered and just like live rent free in my mind. Um, like you know, the first thing that came to mind was like Final Fantasy Tactics. But you said you were going to play that anyway. So, oh, I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Secret of Mana was on there. Well, you've already done that. That was on the <laughs> list. Um, and then, like, you had all this this list of uh, RPGs that you wanted to play. Yeah. I was like, ah, you know, I feel bad throwing another RPG on your plate. So Thank like, you. Thank you, know, you by the way. <laughs> you're right. Thank you, by the um, way. So, I was like, well, what's a game that doesn't take an obscene amount of time to beat, but is still really fun to play? And so I started flipping through old NES games that I grew up playing. And this is one of those games, like, as soon as I thought of it, like, the music started playing through my head. And it just, it's so good. Um, like, the gameplay is fun. I really like playing the game, but, man, that music, it sticks with me. Like, I, like every now and then, I still find myself whistling the tune in yeah. my head or just like passively as i'm walking around i was like you know that game that game would be good because you uh, you know you, you like those hard 
uh, old hard NES games, NES yeah. hard games. Bro, I I gotta tell you, man. Like I, one of my favorite things about Remember the Game is discovering retro games that I never played. That I missed, and like some of them, looking at you, fucking Sonic Adventure Two, like some of them suck, and I'm like, ah, I'm glad I fucking missed this game. But then sometimes, like a really good game, like a Star Wars Kotor comes along, or Bully. Right. Uh, this is one of those. When I started playing this game, right away, I was like, oh my god, where have you fucking been all my life? You were like, this is like a condiment on a hamburger that I've never had before that I can't eat a hamburger without. Like I'm like, this is. If you guys have never played it, I'm gonna get into it a little bit more in a minute, but like. It's a basic run and gun, shoot them up, auto scrolling. It's it's tough as nails. It's just, it's fucking classic old school video game. And I was sitting there playing this game on the stream and you were coming by. And I was like, I really don't want it to sound like I'm kissing your ass. I fucking love this goddamn game. Like what my only gripe is I wish there was more of it. Like I wish there were more levels. That's my only fucking gripe with this game. It's so much fun. You played it growing up? Oh yeah, yes. for sure. A- um, NES or arcade or both? Uh, NES. I didn't know the arcade existed until before you we were streaming it, and oh, okay. then people were telling us there were actually more levels that were in the arcade cabinet. And I was like, "What? I yeah, need, I need it now." Yeah, apparently <laughs> but, there's like ten levels, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Because there's six levels in this one, and like the first two levels are a walk in the park, and then level three, uh, level three is beast mode. Level three is like, "All right, I hope you, uh, I hope you're warmed up," because now shit's getting real. And I remember you being like, level four is the one that's going to fucking break you. And uh, yeah, you weren't fucking kidding. Yeah. Level, level, level four fucking breaks you. Yeah. Level three is a tester. Like if you can get through that one unscathed or at least fairly well, you're okay. But no, level four, man, it's just, it'll kick you square in the teeth. And oh. you know, I guess, you know, cowboys and ninjas, age old, age old nemesis right there. Cowboys yeah. and ninjas. Yeah. The they classic cowboy ninja rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> some of the random fucking enemies in this game i fucking love it uh oh my god this game is so much fucking fun i had so much i was like i'll play this like once a year my only gr- my only gripe with it uh was the amount of mashing a and b you have to do i i thought right. my hands were gonna claw up buddy yeah I, I don't blame me either and the funny thing about that is too is like um i barely ever played it on a paddle i i was um a little bit of a cheater i used that N- nes advantage controller so uh. you have the big joystick with the big round knob on the top and the two giant buttons on the side yeah the size of a silver dollar yeah so you can use those and then they also had like the turbo or the like rapid fire button cheat things that you could turn on on it yeah i i never really used those because you could tap them fast enough uh which is like your i used my index finger my ring finger and you just tap back and forth between the two well enough sure sure but man playing on a paddle i had that short 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 track to carpal tunnel right there bro yeah like I, listen listen for the record like i don't think you're cheating by using the nas advantage if you'd use the turbo i'd be blasting your ass right now i'd be like you cheating yeah. motherfucker yeah you use steroids that's cheating but like if you just if like that's a that's a fucking legitimate licensed controller i don't have a problem with that i gotta say i don't know if i've ever played a game except maybe like pac-man and miss pac-man and like paperboy like arcade games where i think i would prefer that because 99 of the time give me a d-pad over their fucking joystick like any day twice on sunday but like this game was originally an arcade game it would work so well with that fucking controller and like because yeah like i would stream it and after about an hour i was like i need a break because like my hand is fucking it feels like i punched a wall like my hand was fucking for sure so bad for sure i think i'm pretty sure that's the only reason why why my old man bought that controller because this game came out the year i was born on nes so I, I think 86, I think it came out in 85 in arcade and like 86 and on NES or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, 
I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why he bought that pad, that controller was to play that game. And then, so like when I was old enough to play it, that's what I learned to play it on. So yeah, I did. Oh my God. I've fucking, I've never wanted an NES advantage before until I was playing this. And I'm like, Holy fuck. I would, I would pay a hundred dollars for that thing right now just right. to save my hand. Um, I'll, I'll ask you, I know the answer, but I'm going to give you a chance to, uh, to flex a little bit. Can you beat this game? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, we used to sit down and, I would, um, uh, our, our tradition was to pass the paddle back and forth between each other as yeah. each time we died. So I would play with my old man or, uh, my best friend growing up and we we're like, Hey, let's play Gunsmoke today. And, um, we'd sit there and, you know, take turns on lives. And, um, you know, if I were to sit down and play it by myself, I mean, back in the day, I'd probably die a couple of times, but I can get through it pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, I watched some speed run things on youtube before we were doing this chat here and that people were beating it in just over 20 minutes oh, i was like fucking beast <laughs> never, never dying and I'm no. like, uh, that's uh, well but like because that's kind of like i was gonna ask you uh for any strategy tips for anybody that listens to this and then decides mm-hmm. to fire up the game because like that would be my tip as stupid as i know i'm gonna get made fun of fucking i'll see the quotes in the discord where someone puts it in quotations and when adam says something stupid but like my tip is don't die because right. like once you die and lose all your money, you're kind of fucked. Like it's a big deal to die in this game. Yeah, something uh, we would do a little bit is like uh, is farm the first level because it's so easy. Yeah. In, in comparison to everything else, so uh, go through it like five, ten times, get a whole bunch of money. That way, when you get the second, third, fourth level, uh, instead of having to find the uh, a wanted poster, you just buy it. Right. And because that was first level. That's a good idea because like I beat my head against the fucking wall in level three forever because I, I died, so I lost my money, so I didn't have enough money to buy anything, but I was too stubborn to just go back to start and come into level three with a bunch of money. And then when I finally, I think you told me to, and when I finally did go into level three without even grinding, just with the basic money I picked up, I was like, oh, shit. All right, like now I can, now I, now it's, it's on. Um, what I think is great about this game too is that like, and this is a big deal for me. We just covered Contra on Remember the Game. And uh, I ranted about it on Contra too. Like it's tough, but fair. I truly, I don't think there's anything about this game that isn't fair. I don't think there's anything about this game that isn't cheap or that is cheap. I, I mean, maybe a little bit, those fuckers in level four that come in behind you that you can't get, maybe yeah. they're a little bit cheap, but I, this is one of those games that rewards, like you get out what you put in, you put in your time, you'll get good enough to beat it. I love games like that, man. Yeah. I think the only thing that really brought it down is that when you get too many guys on the screen and they're all shooting at you every now and then the, the, the bullets will flicker in and out yeah. like with frame rate loss and sometimes you'll see a bullet and it disappears and you think it's gone and then you get hit yeah which is and, just uh, but that's limitations to the console yeah i mean that's it's so funny because if a game did that today we would all be like this game's fucking unplayably broken fuck this this is bullshit <laughs> but when it's the nes like all of us old timers that grew up with the nes you're like well you don't you don't shit on the nes it's allowed to drop frames once in a while it's the nes you, it's, right. you fucking respect your elders it's just fine you fucking leave it alone grandpa's <laughs> trying hard damn yeah it. motherfuckers back in my day we had to blow in the cartridges you sons of bitches um this was a great pick man i i i uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna cover it solo in the second half of the podcast because literally none of my friends have fucking played this game um I, I, it's not it's not contra it's not but you know what here's the thing is it might not be considered amongst the best games on the nes but like i won't move off the like this is one of my favorite games on the nes it just barely missed the cut for my 100 favorite games of all time i liked it that much this is the epitome of a game that i love um 
it was such a great fucking pick, dude. I'm so I I owe you big time, Holmes. Not only for this for the love and the sponsorship, but just for fucking introducing me to a game as great as Godspoke. So good. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, with it not being overly popular, I just don't know how well like it was hyped because like my old man played it and bought it for our NES because he liked old old westerns like the spaghetti westerns and stuff like that. Sure. And um, you know, our our main character has a really funny name. Um, but like growing up, we always called him Wyatt from like Wyatt the, right. the old Western. Um, growing up, so we just like you know, we call him what, what was his name, Billy Bob or whatever it was. Yeah, something stupid. Something silly like that. <laughs> you know? Sorry to <laughs> so, all you Billy Bobs out there. I don't mean to say your name is stupid, but, <laughs> but <laughs> Joey, yeah, Joe, Joe, no. We uh, always just called him Wyatt. So. <laughs> oh fuck. I, well, but the thing is, is like like the NES had so many fucking games that like if your game wasn't like a Ninja Turtles or like a big name, either a big name license like Ninja Turtles or Duck, yeah. DuckTales or something, or a big name franchise like a fucking uh, Mario or Zelda or something like that. Like there's some great games on the NES that just completely slid under the radar because yeah, they sure. just like, I won't lie to you, bro. Even when you picked this game, I was like, I hesitated because I was like, am I just fucking kind of hosting this dude? Like, uh, he's gonna pay to sponsor this episode, and like, uh, like this game's gonna suck. And I'm gonna be like, well, that was the fucking three out of ten, like shovelware game on the NES because there's a lot of those games on there. But this isn't like this is a really good fucking video game. So uh, I, I I agree with you. I fucking I didn't know about this game until a month ago, and uh, I feel like this is this is one of the hidden gems. I, I truly think that I think this is a hidden gem on the NES. Hidden yeah. fucking gem. For sure, I, I guarantee you. If it, this came out, um, I just just looked it up. But like the old um, uh, Wyatt Earp movie Tombstone, I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. Um, but um, if it came out in '93, this this game would have been called Tombstone. I mean, you know, Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, uh, Bill Paxton, all those guys in that, that that old western movie. Huge, huge popular western movie. It, wow, if okay. it came out then, it would have been called Tombstone, not Gunsmoke. Fuck yeah. Well, like, dude, a shout out to Val. I, the only thing I know about Val Kilmer is that he was Batman. And okay. uh, and I'll and I'll fucking defend Batman forever to the death. Fuck all you haters. Okay, that movie's awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, I wish it was better known, but you know what? Remember the game has spread the gospel of little known games before, and I'm gonna make it my fucking mission to make I mean it's not playable fucking anywhere, but I'm gonna make it my fucking mission to know that more people know about this game now because I fucking love it um we need to score this fucking thing and i wasn't sure what to score it out of and then you had the great idea of like there's six wanted posters in the game there's six bad guys although there's technically fucking seven there's fucking tech and i, I don't get we can spoil this game it's 35 years old and there's no fucking story you have to fight the final boss two different fucking forms and the first time i got to the final boss i thought i had it and then the second form came out and killed me and i've never had my soul crushed by a video game like that maybe ever <laughs> and you were watching and I was like, I was like, I, I think my heart just got stepped on and it took me fucking forever to beat it. But then I did. Um, so thank you for not ruining that fucking ending for me. You son of a bitch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. So if you were scoring this thing out of six, uh, Holmes, what would you score gun smoke? Uh, out of nostalgia factor, I give it a solid six, but for actual pop playability and everything, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a five, a solid five. Just because if I were to go back and play it now, it'd probably eat my lunch more than I'd care for it to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a five. I can dig it up. Like, I don't mean to spoil anything, but like, 
there's no fucking chance this game's getting less than a five out of six from me. No fucking way. I don't think it's getting to the perfect six, but it's getting fucking close. This game fucking slaps. So uh, before we get into the plugs, just once again, man, thank you not only for the support for being a member of our community and everything, but thank you for introducing me to uh, a, a fucking just a gem. I fucking I'll play this game every year for the rest of my life. I fucking love this goddamn game. So thank you very much, my man. Oh, yeah, man. You're welcome. And thank you for uh, providing us with the community and everything, too. I mean, if not for that, I wouldn't have a Nintendo Switch sitting here behind me and uh, yeah. getting back into all those old Nintendo games that I've messed out over the over the years. So spreading the gospel. Oh, yeah. um, now, on that said, you and I, I always give my guests a chance. If you have something you want to plug on the pod, you're welcome. Uh, the ball, my balls are in your court, as Michael Scott once said. Uh, <laughs> what do you got going on? What do you want to tell these fine folks about the, the world's listening? or at least like a couple 20,000 nerds are anyways. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not an overly social individual, so I don't get out much. I don't have a whole lot of friends, but <laughs> I, I do like have it. a few friends on the discord. So uh, over the holidays, I did pick up a few extra cartridges of the game. Um, so I have one original NES cartridge uh, of Gunsmoke. Uh, the guy I bought it from says it works. I can't verify that because I don't have an NES or a TV to run it. But I have one here for you guys uh, in the Discord. So if you guys are interested in getting your hands on a cartridge of the uh, original NES cart, um, hit me up, shoot me a message. I'll put everybody's name into a little raffle thing, and I'll uh, shoot this out to you. You're the fucking man, but that's so cool. Like, fuck, are we, I don't give a fuck. Anyone listening to this, this is not me plugging the Patreon and trying to be like, hey, if you want to get a chance to win, go to our Patreon.com because you do have to be a patron to join the Discord. But, like, that's just one more example of like i don't give a fuck what anyone says this is the best community on the fucking internet and maybe it's just because it's the last one to get infected by toxicity and it's inevitable and it's coming but like how many communities have people just being like hey i bought extra copies of this game if you want one dm me in the patreon or in the discord and i'll fucking send one to one of you like that's so fucking dope so uh once again man thank you for being a cool member of the community for that for sponsoring this episode and uh, for introducing me to this game. This was fucking, I'm so excited. Like I'm going to play the music in a minute and then I'm going to ramble with this game for like another fucking half hour because like I'm sucking the gun smoke dick all over Western Canada. I love this <laughs> fucking game. Uh, very cool of you, Holmes. Thank you very much, my man. Yeah, you're welcome, bud. And thank you. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If 
If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, let's talk a little bit of Gunsmoke and why this game is so spectacular. And before I get into what's actually in the box itself, quickly to talk about the box. And for the record, I know this is an arcade game first. I've never played the arcade version. I've only played the NES port of it, all right? So don't come at me with like, oh, well, actually, the arcade had Ted. I don't know. Okay, but the, the box art of this is great. But it, much like the Contra episode last week where I got yelled at for not knowing that they weren't Rocky and Arnie or whoever the fuck is on the cover of Contra. I have no idea if the the cover guy of Gunsmoke is based on like a real Western cowboy guy. I don't know if it's fucking like Clint Eastwood or who else is, plays old... I've never watched an old Western cowboy movie, so I don't know who else plays old Western cowboys. It actually kind of looks like Will Smith from the Wild Wild West, except obviously like the box is faded maybe i you know but like i don't know i don't know who the fuck it's based on so don't come at me and be like ah that was based on this guy i don't know who it is it's just some generic cowboy who <laughs> whose name is billy bob which is fucking excellent uh who's a bounty hunter who's after all these criminals in the wild west and like and that's all you need like i just explained not only the box art but the entire premise of the game in about 35 seconds and it's so like listen i love a game with a deep fucking long story like a last of us or something as much as the next guy but there's something to be said about a game that is like contra i don't know why we're shooting aliens in contra they're they could be nice but they're like no the aliens are here and you need to shoot them i'm like all right we play castlevania on the old nes and it's like dracula's bad go kill him you're like all right ninja gaiden they're like there's probably an enemy at the end of the game but nobody can get there to find out who it is but try anyways and you're like all right and when it plays Gunsmoke, they're just like hey there's a whole bunch of criminals in the wild wild west you're a generic cowboy named billy bob shoot everything that fucking moves and you're like yeah all right and that's basically all it is to the game and i love it i fucking love that there's like there's there's no cut they there's no okay so the first thing i like about this game is that there is just no fat uh, at all like this is just a slice of fucking prime prime meat there's no no fat no grizzle it's perfect i love that it just doesn't waste your time drop you in fucking go it's super basic but that's what makes it awesome and that's what i like about a lot of these old games and even going back because again this was an arcade game so even going back further than stuff like like i guess contra was an arcade game too but like going back to those really early early days where it was just about staying alive as long as you could stuff like space invaders Gunsmoke, Pac-Man, like this is this is basically Pac-Man, but shooting enemies instead of eating dots. And I will always like these types of games because there's just something 
beautiful to the simplicity of them, if that makes sense. I love it. So, uh, plus what I like about this game is that it is super difficult, but it's not cheap. Well, there's one thing that's cheap. And obviously this episode is going to contain spoilers. The game is fucking like almost 40 years old. I can say whatever the fuck I want about it now. Uh, and there's not much of a story to spoil. Um, but it's not cheap. Like there's enemies coming at you from everywhere. There's fucking bullets and shit coming at you from everywhere. But I don't really mind those types of games as long as the controls are responsive and you give me a chance to move. There's not a bunch of lag where it's freezing up and stuttering all over the place. And I didn't find that hardly at all in this game. The only thing this game does once in a while is there's a little bit of flicker and then some of the bullets disappear and then pop back up. But I didn't even find that to be that big of an issue. I don't know if it was better or worse in the arcade cabinet. I assume it was probably better on the arcade than it was in the NES version. Um, but, but I don't know if I ever died and chalked it up to like, oh, I couldn't see that bullet because it disappeared and then reappeared and killed me. I don't think that was the problem. To me, the only thing that's even remotely cheap in this game is if you've never played it, it's an auto, it's a vertical auto scroller. So you're always going from bottom to top. The screen is always moving. So you can't wait for enemies to come out of certain positions and put themselves into positions where they're easier to kill. You've got to constantly be moving and shooting. But you can't turn Billy Bob around. He's a cowboy and he's the quickest jaw in the West, but he can only ever face North. If he faces south, he'll turn into a pumpkin or something. And sometimes in the later levels, there are enemies that come in from the bottom of the screen and they're shooting at you from back there and you literally cannot get them other than using a smart bomb, which I'll get into uh, when we get to the items. But there's no way to get them until you let them come up to the uh, in front of you where you can reach them with a bullet. And that can be kind of frustrating because you can't fall too far back because enemies keep coming in from the bottom of the screen. So you can't go right down to the bottom of the screen to let them pass you because enemies can just walk in out of nowhere from the bottom and touch you and kill you or shoot you and kill you. Um, so that can be a little bit frustrating, but I don't even know if I consider that cheap. I assume that was an intentional design choice by the developers of this game plus you've got to remember at the end of the day this was an arcade cabinet first and what was the point of arcade cabinets it was to get as many of your quarters as possible so they were constantly just trying constantly just trying to kill you so that could be a little bit frustrating but other than that it's one of those games that's incredibly difficult but incredibly fair it rewards skill it rewards practice it rewards reflexes and I'm all about those types of games and the controls are super basic too which I fucking love if you've ever played Tubin. And I don't, shout out to anyone that's played Tubin. I don't know how many people have played that game. I love that fucking game. Um, this is, uh, the, this control's kind of similar, except Tubin auto scrolls from top to bottom, and you're in an inner tube, like in water, and you're fucking going down like rivers and you're throwing like pop cans or beer cans or whatever uh out to the left and right in this game you're going bottom to top and you're shooting left to right and it's super super easy to learn like the the, the d-pad moves your character around the the b button will shoot a 45 degree angle to your left and the a button will shoot a 45 degree angle to your right and they just shoot straight ahead and if you tap both buttons at the same time a and b then you shoot bullets straight in front of you and that's all there is to it so you are constantly moving billy bob around on the screen just dodging bullets bullets and stuff and you are I don't think you ever stop mashing a or B you're constantly shooting left right or straight ahead and you've got like your basic pistol where you never run out of ammo then you have other pistols where you do have limited ammo and other power-ups which we'll get into in a minute when we talk about the power-ups but that in itself you guys that I'm telling you and not everyone feels the same way I do but that like these are some of my favorite games when the controls are there's literally like three options push a push b or push a and b and then just dodge and 
and pray. And that I love games like this. Everyone's on me to play Elden Ring. Everyone's like, go play Elden Ring. I look at that game and I don't think Elden Ring looks bad at all. But I'm like, I'm going to lose my fucking mind playing that game. I'm going to rage so much. And I'm going to blame the computer. I'm going to blame the camera. I'm going to blame the controls. I'm going to blame lag. I'm going to blame collision detection. And, and even whether those things are accurate or not, that's just the person I am and how angry I get. And when it comes to a game like Gunsmoke, I'm like, I can't blame anything. And I honestly think those are the those are the games where I don't get mad when I die this Battletoads Contra Mega Man those types of games they don't make me as angry because I'm like I can't blame anything so I don't get mad because I'm like that's on me I can't look for an excuse that's on me and I love that basic setup I it's so well done so those literally are your controls that is the game and basically it's it's six levels uh, I guess the arcade version was 10. I would love to play more levels of this game. But in the NES version, only six levels make the port. When you do beat the game, when you finish the last level, it does start you back over at level one and you keep going. You're just looking for a high score. That's, you know, classic arcade game. That's how it works. Um, but there's six levels. And at the beginning of every level, they just drop you in at the start. And then what you do is the level actually plays on a loop. You, you, you walk up. It never stops walking up. It never speeds up or slows down either. The only time the screen stops is when you get to the boss fight at the end of the level. Um, but it just, it just constantly moves at a pretty reasonable pace from the bottom to the top and keeps looping over and you can't get out of the level until you find a wanted poster because each of the six levels you're looking for again you're a bounty hunter so you're looking for a criminal and it'll tell you at the beginning of the at the beginning of the level like this is the bad guy you're looking for and i love that some of them are like ninjas and shit i'm like oh yeah i remember the ninjas from the old western days right that's that makes complete sense um but it tells you who the enemy is uh, and it tells you what the reward is going to be when you get there. Like if you beat them, you get so much money, which you can then use to buy power ups later on in the game. But the game literally just loops over until you find a wanted poster. And there's two ways to find the wanted poster in each level. Number one is to find it. It's hidden somewhere in the level. And to find it, you literally, uh, you'll be shooting your, your gun, shooting your bullets, and it'll, they'll be hitting something where there's nothing there. You'll hear that the sound effect of your bullets hitting something, but you don't know what it's hitting because there's nothing there. That's a hidden barrel that you destroy, and then the wanted barrel, the wanted poster will be inside of it. And if that sounds difficult, like I remember when I was learning how to play it, I was reading that. I'm like, oh fuck me. Like these levels are pretty big. There's a lot of space to hide these fucking wanted posters in it. I think I found the wanted poster in all six levels. Quite painlessly, because you never stop shooting. You never stop shooting. So it's really, if you're paying attention, it's really not that hard. And they don't move, thankfully. Fuck, they're not randomly generated positions. Once you know where a wanted poster is, the next playthrough, you know exactly where to go to get that wanted poster. So you can either find them that way, or there are two different merchants that show up in each level uh, sporadically, this old man and this lady, and you can buy all kinds of supplies from them. And one of the things you can buy from them is a wanted poster. So if you don't want to go looking for it, you can just straight up buy it from them, cheese the game, and keep going it's not even cheesing it's a it's a totally fair mechanic uh the thing is is that like money's at a premium in this game especially in the early going and so it costs you a lot of your money to buy this wanted poster when you could just find it like if you're if you've never played this and this episode convinces you to give this game a shot my recommendation would be to just find the wanted posters that's 
just my recommendation. I just find it much. I, I mean, I think level six, the last level of the game, I might've bought one. And it wasn't because I didn't know where the wanted poster was. It was just like, this is getting really difficult. And the thing is, it's only one particular spot of a level that again, keeps playing on a loop. So if you go by that spot where the wanted poster was, you are completely fucked and you have to play the whole level again until you get back to the point of where it was. And that can be really difficult from level three through level six. Level one and two aren't bad, but level three through level six, they will fuck you up. So maybe buying a wanted poster, if you've got the extra money here or there, you just want to get the level over with, isn't the, the end of the world. But that, that's that's it. Once you find the wanted poster, then you keep playing the game for a while and then or the level and eventually uh, you'll get to the, instead of it just looping over, you'll kind of go down, a, a, it'll load a different kind of, you don't actually pick a new path, but this, the, the level will change and it'll load up an alternate ending to the level where instead of looping you back to the beginning, it, finally the screen stops, it freezes in place and then you fight the boss for that level. He'll come in from the top, his health meters at the top, they're usually pretty strong. Uh, and meanwhile, a whole bunch of other henchmen are still running in from the sides as well. And once you kill the boss, you get the reward, you go to the next level and rinse and repeat till you beat the game. What's really cool about this game, not only is is it very basic to learn, but the, the power-ups are very basic. Uh, they took me, you know, about a half an hour to figure out how they all worked. And uh, they're really handy. So you can buy three different kinds of guns to go with your basic pistol that has infinite ammo. Uh, you can get a shotgun, which is similar to Contra. It's just your spread, you know, the basic spread gun. Uh, you can get a machine gun where you can hold the button and it just never stops firing. Although you do have limited ammo in these guns. Uh, so it'll stop. It'll never stop firing as long as you don't run out of ammo. You can get a mag numb. And this is, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things about this game is I'm assuming it was a lost in translation moment, but the magnum isn't called the magnum. It's split into two words. It is the mag space numb. So from here on out, henceforth around, remember the game industries, thou shalt only refer to magnums as a mag numb. Not the Magnum, a Magnum. But it is like the most powerful gun in the game. It's fucking, that was when I really figured out how to beat it was when I figured out like, oh fuck, get a Magnum and then just use it on the enemy, the final bosses because it will fucking decimate the final bosses. Uh, so those are the three guns that you can get. And then you can also get a smart bomb, which I highly, highly recommend you purchase every opportunity you have. You can only carry one, you can carry each of, one of each gun, shotgun, machine gun, Magnum, uh, and then you pick up ammo for them to fill them up or you can carry one smart bomb. But like as soon as you buy a smart bomb, equip it. And what that does is the first time you get hit by a bullet, it won't because one hit kills you. That's the other thing about this game. I should have mentioned that this is classic fucking old school shooter like one bullet. You catch one fucking stray shot and you lose your life and have to start over. But if you have a smart bomb equipped, when you take that one bullet or that one shot, it'll uh, wipe out every enemy on the screen other than a boss. Um, and you will keep going. So it is an absolute godsend to buy a smart bomb. Now, the thing is, is like, like there's actually a surprising number, uh, su surprising amount of strategy in this game, which I'll get into uh, in a minute. But the, the smart bomb plays a huge role in the strategy. So those are the four weapons you can buy. A spread gun, a machine gun, a magnum, which is just a more powerful pistol, and then your smart bomb. Uh, in addition to that, you also pick up items as you play the game. You can pick up boots, 
You can get up to four boots and those make your character just move faster. You can pick up up to four rifles and those rifles make your bullets go faster and go further. You can also pick up extra lives and you can also pick up skulls. And if you pick up a skull, you lose one of your boots or one of your rifles or both, I think. Um, they max out at like four upgrades. So if you've got four boots and four rifles, you're going at max speed, shooting max uh, distance with your guns at max speed. And then if you accidentally pick up a skull, they both drop by one. So then it becomes like there's tons of bear and hidden places where different items will drop and like it's so intense and you get so dialed in that you're like oh jesus and then and then you shoot a barrel and you're just you just uh instinctively want to run over and pick up whatever it dropped but then you do that and then you find out like ah fuck me it was a goddamn skull and now i need to go find another boot because it you know fucked me over um so you can pick those things up as well to go with it and i mentioned there were two merchants in each level one sells you the different guns i was talking about one sells you power up you can buy ammo from them which, by the way, like, I don't think I've ever... You don't need to buy the ammo from them. You can buy a wanted poster from them. They're quite expensive, but you can buy the wanted poster if you don't want to go looking for it. Or you can buy a horse. And the horse, in the later aspect of the later levels, is the absolute lifesaver. What it is, is when you buy the horse... Uh, and you can find the horse in barrels too, but I only ever found a horse in the first level. I didn't find another free horse anywhere. Any other time I wanted one, I had to buy them. Uh, but if you get the horse, you still play exactly the same. You're, you know, Billy Bob hops on his horse and you still just steer around shooting. Uh, but you can take shots. You can take additional shots before you die. And it's, I, I think it's randomized as to how many shots the horse can take. Um... But you can take, like like I said, one bullet will kill you. If you're on the horse, you can take three or four shots before the horse dies. And it's really fun. The horse will just suddenly look like it, like a dog sleeping on the ground. Like the horse just falls over. Uh, and you just forget him and keep moving. But it basically just buys, it's it's it basically, it's like a bulletproof vest. It just buys you a few extra hits. So it's it's kind of morbid that instead of giving you a bulletproof vest, they just give you a horse. And they're just like, yeah, fucking sacrifice the horse to save yourself. It's kind of like the first Yoshi um, but that horse in the last couple of levels is money because they get really fucking difficult and it's almost, it's almost impossible to get through some of those later levels without catching a bullet here or there or touching an enemy. Cause if you touch an enemy in this game, it fucking kills you. And they're coming in from all sides of the screen. And once you get into the last few levels, this, the, the, the pathway you have to walk on at times gets very narrow and you're surrounded by enemies and they're coming from all fucking directions. And that horse buying you two or three mistakes before he goes down is a God said, um, now I mentioned the strategy and this is, this was really ingenious to me in this game was like the first night I played it, I was basically just going in guns blazing. I, I mean, you know, pun intended gun smoke, gun smoking, I guess, uh, and just mashing shoot as much as I could. But then once I really started playing the game, I started to learn the strategy to it because your money that you collect carries over, but only until you get a game or you get infinite continues in this game, which is nice, but you know, much like I assume if you're playing at the arcade, you could put another quarter in and keep going. But the problem is that your money, which is your score, doesn't carry over. So when you die, you go back to zero score, zero dollars in the bank. And um, once you're, to me, once you hit level three of the six or higher, like, I almost think you need to beat the game without dying. Like, it's pretty close. It, I mean, I guess once you get better at it, like, I could beat the game now and die a couple times and I'm fine. Um, but when you're learning how to play the game, like, level 3, 4, 5, 6, you really need to go into them with a little bit of money in the bank so that you can buy a horse when that opportunity comes up. So that you can buy the weapons you need when the weapons come up. Now, what's really neat about this is that your weapons 
carryover. So when you die, if you've already bought a shotgun, a machine gun, a magnum, or a smart bomb, or any combination, or all of them, when you die and get game over and then choose continue, you lose all your money, but you keep the weapons that you've bought with one caveat, and that's if you're using one when you die, which I'll, so, trying to figure out how to explain this. So, like, if you if you have the shotgun equipped, and then you get killed by an enemy, you, you have to load the game up and, and you know, uh, like, literally not even game over. Let's just say you die, you lose a life, and then the game, like, loads you up and you continue. You lose the shotgun if you had it equipped. If you don't have a weapon equipped when you die, you don't lose it. But if you're trying to use it, uh, and you die, then you're going to have to buy it again. And the same thing happens when you game over. You continue any weapon you didn't have equipped, you keep in your inventory, but you've got to buy anything that you used. So what it kind of becomes is like what I was doing. I got stuck on level three for a long, that was the level I got stuck on the longest. I think that's where the big difficulty spike of the game is. Uh, level four, five, and six are all tough as well. But by the time you've figured out how to beat level three, I think you've, you, you've gotten good enough at the game that four, five, and six are beatable at that point. Um, what I ended up doing was like, I would die and I'd be like, fuck, I had my Magnum equipped. So I lost my Magnum. So then like, I wouldn't even worry about trying to beat the level. I would only worry about collecting enough money to buy another Magnum and just keep it in my inventory. And then if I die, I die. I don't care. Now I start off at the beginning of the level again. I still have no money, but I have all my weapons back in my inventory. Like you really need to decide when you want to go all in and start using your specialty weapons because the shotgun and the machine gun can be really handy in certain levels for just taking out the waves of fucking enemies that are coming at you the magnum is an absolute necessity to take out some of the bosses toward the second half of this game because the bosses can take a lot of damage but the magnum will fuck them right up the thing is is all your weapons will kill any other enemy in the game in one shot the basic pistol the shotgun the machine gun all kill basic enemies in one shot so there's literally zero reason to use your magnum on anything other than the boss because any of your weapons can kill it save the magnum for magnum pardon me for the bosses to take them out in far fewer shots but the problem is if you're fighting a boss using your magnum and then you catch a stray bullet somewhere and you die you're gonna get another chance but you don't have your magnum anymore and then you gotta like you're not gonna get another chance to buy one until you game over reload the screen and go through the whole level again it's fucking so like you really need to use that little bit of strategy and be like, okay, is this the run? I've got all my equipment. I got a couple of lives in the bank. This is the run where I'm going to go for broke. Or is it like I'm on my last life? I'm just going to buy a couple of guns so that I have them for my next run. And then I'll start over again. And I, I hope what I'm trying to say makes sense. It's a surprisingly, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but a surprisingly deep level of strategy to that kind of stuff. Um, and so going back to my personal strategy, level one, I found to be like, I think I beat level one the second time I played the game. It was pretty easy. Level two is pretty easy. Level three gets fucking tough, man. Le level three, there's a ton of enemies coming at you. That's when enemies start coming on from the bottom of the screen. They're popping out of TPs everywhere and shooting at you. There's these fucking guys that jump around the screen, whipping axes at you. And they're really hard to predict their movement pattern and stuff like that. And the thing is, is like that I got stuck on that level for so long because I would die. And so then I had enough, I had all the weapons, but I didn't have a horse to buy myself some time. And I knew exactly where the, because the levels aren't, are randomly generated. They're completely 
uh, programmed in, which is nice because the longer you play the game, the longer you get to learn like, oh, these enemies are going to be coming in from the left. Be ready. Start shooting over there now. This is where the extra lives are. This is where the power-ups are. This is where the merchant's going to be. But the problem was in level three, I was dying. And so I would start over with no money and I could not come up with enough money to buy a horse by the time I got to the merchant that would sell the horse. And I couldn't live through another playthrough of the level to get back to that merchant to have enough money to buy a horse because the one shot would kill me. And so... Uh, I remember when I was playing it, Holmes was on the stream and he was like, dude, you, you might just have to die, go back to level one and grind a little bit of money. And that's his strategy. If you've never played this game, again, the levels go on repeat. As long as you don't pick up the wanted poster, you can play a level for fucking days. It'll just keep looping over and over and over again. I didn't do this, but if you wanted to, you could go into level one and just play it because it's very easy. And you could just play level one on loop over and over and over and save up like $300 billion to have enough money to buy a horse anytime you want want one in the later levels to buy the wanted posters anytime you want in the later levels the only caveat to that is if you get a game over you lose all of that money so i didn't grind out picking up a ton of money in the early levels but i did start over just play through level one and level two not buying anything other than the guns i wanted and then by the time i got to level three i had maximum boots maximum rifles so my speed and my my firing speed were all maxed out i had the most amount of lives that i could get i had all the guns purchased and i had more than enough money to buy a horse when i got to that merchant so then i'm ripping through the level on this horse where i've got three or four mercy shots before they'll be able to put me down um, that was how I finally, and then figuring out to use a Magnum <laughs> on the final dude, always use a Magnum on the final bosses. It is a godsend. Once I figured that out, then I started steamrolling level three. Uh, so, so level one, uh, is really neat. I think level one is the coolest level in the game. You're just basically in like an old wild, wild west town, like the saloons on either side and you're walking down main street. Exactly what you would think of when it comes to like a standoff in the wild west. It's fucking a pretty dope level. Uh, level two. What the fuck was level two? I think level two, you're in like a valley, like in the mountains or something like, or yeah, like in the desert, whatever. I don't know. I thought level two was pretty forgettable. Uh, level three, you're in the woods and that's when you're dealing with a lot of like, uh, I'm really trying to not be unpolitically correct. I don't know, like the indigenous, you know, it's cowboys and Indians, right? It's, it's a game from 1985 for fuck's sakes. Um, but basically, yeah, like that's, and they're, they'll fuck you up. That's the level that gets fucking hard. That, that level is vicious. And that to me is the first level where the sides really start to close in on you at points and you don't have quite as much wiggle room to move around. Um, level four, once you get through there, level four, now you're in like another valley, but it's, this is where it really closes in on you. There's like giant mountains that literally can take up over half the screen coming in from the left or the right. And not only do you lose most of your navigation, your, your room to navigate bullets and stuff like that. Enemies are coming in from the bottom. Enemies are peeking out of caves in these mountains and shooting at you. Rocks roll down the mountains and kill you. So you need to stay away from the mountains. But if you hug the empty side of the screen, you can die right away because an enemy will walk in from that empty side of the screen and just touch you and fucking kill you. That level is... If I'm going to call a level cheap in this game, it's level four. And I don't think it's cheap. I think it's tough but fair. I'll, I'm adamant about that. This game is tough but fair. But le level four is tough but fair with just a sprinkling of cheap on top. That one killed me quite a few times as well. And that was one, once I mastered level three, then I was like, well, now I need to get into level four with enough money to buy some power-ups when I get there, uh, like the horse. 
And then that, then I was able to beat that. Plus level four introduces ninjas. And God, I fucking hate, oh, I fuck, I hate those fucking ninjas. Uh, level five is you're back out in like the woods, uh, but there's a whole bunch of water and you can like jump down into the water, jump back up onto the land and stuff like that. Enemies pop up completely out of nowhere in the water and shoot at you. Um, I think level five probably is tough, but for whatever reason, I breeze through level five. I didn't find it to be anywhere with like not even in the same ballpark as level three and level four as far as difficulty goes. Level one and level two are basically tutorial levels. You play this game a few times, you'll be able to beat those levels. Level three is where the difficulty just goes from like three to fucking eight. It like explodes. That That's tough. Level four is basically level three, but with 50% of the space to move around in. It's pretty hard as well. Level five, it feels like it opens back up. And like the only real new mechanic level five introduces is the water once you can go into and walk around in no problem it just takes half a second to jump down to it and jump back up out of it so i didn't find level five to be very difficult at all i beat it quite quickly and then level six you're at like a, a prison i guess it almost looks more futuristic there's like all these concrete walls and buildings and you've got very little room to move around in enemies are coming out of all the windows and showing up on the roofs of these buildings and shooting at you and shit like that and uh to top it all off and I'm sure this was an intentional um, design choice. The ground, like the you walk on the ground in level six makes it very difficult to see the incoming bullets at times, which I'm 100% sure was a game design, like, like an intentional decision. Um, but it, it's really, level six fucks you up. The, the night I beat the game, which again, not to, I, no, I was gonna say not to brag, but straight up to brag, I beat it in my second fucking uh, night of playing it. So, boom but anyway uh level six i got stuck on fucking forever and it's just because it's it's really difficult it is a tough level you you're only like you're and the thing is is like that's one where i was dying and then having no money and so i ended up getting stuck on level six forever and it got to the point where i i would like i would use one of my good guns to try to stay alive then die and be like fucking i don't have my shotgun anymore and i don't have my my fucking machine gun anymore so then i literally would just burn a couple of runs trying to save up enough money to get to a merchant and buy the shotgun and put it back in my inventory not use it but just keep it in my inventory and then once i had all the guns uh in my inventory again i had a smart bomb it was like all right now i'm taking a run and trying to beat this game again and i probably had to do that four or five times before i finally beat level six it's really difficult and then uh here's a spoiler i guess when you get to the bosses of each of the first five levels you kill the boss and you're laughing and you move on and you get a reward and Tra -la 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 -la. when you fight the boss in level six i i finally got to the boss in level six busted out my magnum killed him and i was like holy fuck i beat Gunsmoke! are you kidding like everyone talks about how difficult this game is and i just fed it its lunch are you kidding me but then it turns out there's a second form it's one of those mother and i didn't realize the games back then even had fucking second forms but then the second version of the final boss came out and i'd used up all the ammo in my magnum and he just bent me over a barrel he completely fucking wrecked me so then i died then i had to start level six all over again i don't have my magnum which is the most expensive gun in the game because i died using it so now i need to fucking grind out enough money to buy another magnum to get another crack at this boss and if it sounds like i'm complaining about it i'm not it's fucking really really fun it's just to give you an idea of how difficult it is and again it becomes strategy just because you've got a really good gun if it's like oh, i'm on my last life i've only got one boot and two rifle upgrades like i'm like this is not the run to go for broken cash this in um 
for all you wrestling fans, it's like having a money in the bank briefcase and being like, this is not the, this is not when I'm going to cash this thing in. I'll save it and use it later. Um, but I did finally get to the end. I killed the both versions of the, the final boss using my Magnum beat the game, felt like a fucking boss. And then literally all it does is it gives you a giant cash reward. And that's how I knew right away the game was going to start over because each of the six bosses, you get a cash reward, which is just your points, which again, you can use to buy all the upgrades. Uh, but I'm like, well, why would it give me a big point reward at the end of the final level when I'm not gonna be able to buy any more items? But then it just takes you right back to level one and you start again. So you can just play the game over and over. So um, it's not that there's no replay to this. I could see myself playing this game over and over again, trying to get better at it. There's obviously the high score mechanics. And like, oh, and I guess... I never even thought of this, but one of the cool things about playing, if you're going, if you're intent, if you're the type of person who's looking for a high score, I guess one of the extra layers of, of depth to this game is that you're using your points to buy items. Your, your money is your points. So if you spend $20,000 on a horse, that's 20,000 points off your high score. But if you don't have that horse, you lose the, uh, the ability to take multiple shots before you're dead. You get one shot and you're done. So that becomes a risk. Well, I could see like, I would dude, like Holmes and I were talking about this when we were doing, or when we were getting ready for the episode, like an arcade cabinet of this would be so, I would play this game on an arcade cabinet so fucking much, so much. And that actually leads me back to my only real complaint about this game on the NES. And I don't think this would be an issue on the, on the, uh, in the arcade version, but on the NES, it's tough. And that is that you never ever stop mashing a and b all right ever you cannot stop like enemies there are no in level one there's the odd chance where you get a little bit of breathing room but outside of level one uh there is no breathing room it feels like there's never a time when there's not enemies on the fucking screen and it's like no matter how quickly you kill them more fucking coming it never and you need to kill them quickly because if you don't they quickly they'll overrun you very fast they're, they're they never stop and maybe back in like 1990, when I was a little kid who had, you know, no, my body was in prime. Like we were, we were all, when you're a little kid, like you could fucking fall off a building and you're like, I'm fine. And you could play hockey all day. And you're like, I feel great. Nowadays, like my back hurts when I sleep and my hands cramp up all the time. Uh, when you try to play this game with a classic NES, which is what I was using, that old brick controller your hands like i had to keep taking breaks and just like shaking my fingers and cracking my knuckles like i've never i don't know if i've ever played an nes game that's this hard on your hands you never stop mashing a or b or a and b to shoot straight ahead and your thumb starts to get really sore your hand starts to get really tired if you've got carpal tunnel i don't know if you could even play this game i think that it would fuck your hand up permanently um, Holmes was saying that, I think he says this in our interview at the beginning, but if he didn't, I don't remember. We did record that like a week ago. Uh, when he was playing it, he had an NES advantage, the joystick with the two big buttons. And I will say like 90% of games, I prefer to play with an NES controller over, uh, the arcade, uh, controls, like even stuff like Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, the Ninja Turtles games. Um, I prefer the D-pad on the NES controller to using that joystick that's I feel has just a little bit of. Uh, looseness to it and it's not quite as tight but to have those two big fucking flat buttons on a on an arcade cabinet panel that i could just mash with my two fingers as opposed to trying to work the a and b button with my thumb non-stop think about like any game you've ever played where you have to mash a or b that's this entire game it never ends and I think that it would actually be more enjoyable with an arcade controller like I know that you can get like the ones with turbo in them too I won't lie to you I think you're cheating 
if you're using a turbo controller. I, I'm not a fan of that. Fucking suck it up and play it right. But I think an NES advantage would be an absolute... <laughs> Most games, I like, I can't imagine trying to play Super Mario Brothers with a fucking NES advantage and trying to play that game with a joystick. Like, that just doesn't seem like it would be plausible to me. Um, but this game would be a fucking godsend with a joystick and those two giant fat buttons. So I guess that's a complaint. Um, I don't know if I've got another one. I really don't. I it's it's very it's a very difficult video game. Uh, I I straight up consider it a flex that I beat it in a couple of hours because th- like without cheating, no save state scumming, nothing like that. I did it on stream. People saw it. I just really wanted to. I just like these types of games. I could never get tired of playing these types of games. Um, I do think it's just a little bit cheap that some of the enemies come in from the bottom of the screen sometimes, or they pop in from the side. Where you don't. That doesn't bother me as much because like Contra and stuff does that too. But when they're coming in from the bottom and there's literally no way other than to trigger your smart bomb, there is no way to kill an enemy that's behind you in this game. But they're still shooting at you and you try to sneak past them, like back up and walk behind them to be able to shoot them, but they're also moving around in random patterns. So while you're backing up, you have to be careful not to just walk into them. And if you hug the bottom of the screen, they shoot before they even walk into the screen or else they come walking in, touch you and you fucking die anyway. They can be frustrating, but I consider that more of a challenge than cheap because I didn't find like it was overbearing. I didn't think they did it all the time. They just popped in at times and they were a little bit frustrating. Um, But I, yeah, other than that, like, I like the strategy. I love the idea that you can keep the power-ups you buy as long as you don't use them when you die. So you can just burn runs to add up all the equipment you need. I do wish that the horse, your guns carry over from level to level, your horse doesn't. And that's a little bit frustrating when you spend a bunch of your money on this horse and then don't use up all the hits that you have on it. You beat a level, you don't start the next level with a horse. And that, I guess... I... Yeah, I guess that's a bit of a design flaw, I suppose. I assume that it much like... The thing about it is like, listen, the enemy's coming up from the bottom, losing your money, not carrying your horse over. All of this stuff. You got to remember this was an arcade cabinet and their primary goal is to get as many of your quarters as possible. So I understand all those decisions. I don't think they're bad. I just wish that they weren't there, if that makes sense. Uh, But other than that, like, dude, I have no qualms with this game. I had so much fucking fun playing this game. I wish it was longer. I guess that's my big qualm with it is I wish it was longer. Um, I know that we would have said, we we agreed that we were going to score it out of six um, during the interview with Holmes. And if I had to score this thing out of six, it's a five easily, easily. Um, I guess it loses a point for not being Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World, I guess, like, I can't really think of any other qualm with it, I don't think this is for everybody, I think there are people that would play this once, and be like, it's too hard, it sucks, I hate it, I, it's so funny, going back to, not to compare Gunsmoke to Elden Ring again, I mean, I guess I am, but I don't, that's not how I'm looking at it, but it's just, there's a generation of gamers today that love these difficult games, but they like the Souls games, you know, Elden Ring, Bloodborne, those types of games, there is a generation of gamers like me, that loves stuff like Gunsmoke, Contra, Mega Man, Battletoads, those kinds of tough games. And uh, I mean, I guess there's probably people out there that like both. Uh, I don't understand why the transition from retro or 2D games to modern 3D games when it comes to really difficult titles never clicked with me. I just can't get into them when they're in 3D, but I can't get enough of them when they're the basic side-scrolling 2D games. And this one, just like, I put this game... 
not quite on the same level as the Contras of the world and the old Mega Mans, but in that conversation, I fucking love this goddamn game. The only other problem with it is it's just not fucking available anywhere. Uh, I'm looking, I'm like, listen, uh, I, I rarely do this, but I'll be honest, I played the ROM of it because I couldn't really find it anywhere. I did look later and uh, it has been added to a uh, Capcom Classic Collection, which is available on the PS2, PSP, Xbox, PS3, and Xbox 360. Or no, the Capcom Classic Collection is available on PS2, PSP, and Xbox. The Capcom Arcade Cabinet is available on PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, it was also added as part of the Capcom Generation 4 to the original PlayStation and the Sega Saturn. So there you go, Saturnians. Um, so I would absolutely recommend looking this game up if you've never played it. I won't lie to you, fucking a ROM is probably your best bet unless you've got a PS3 or an Xbox 360 still hooked up where you could buy it. I would buy this game in a second if they put it on the NES for five bucks. I wish it would come to NES online or something like that. I would buy this game without even thinking about it. I fucking love this game. The next time this pops up in a modern collection of arcade classics, uh, I'll buy the collection just for this game. I enjoyed it so much. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's, uh, I don't know what else to say. I it fucking, man, I just went for 40 minutes without barely even taking a breath, telling you about how much I like this game. I, my favorite thing about remember the game is discovering retro games that I've never played and finding out how much I like them. And this is one of them. This was just a real treat. I had a fucking blast playing this. So Holmes, thank you very much. I am going to uh, play a little bit more Gunsmoke music now. And then when it stops, I'm going to thank me for talking about the game, thank Holmes again, and then do my final plug, shout out some patrons, and get the fuck out of here. Thanks, everybody. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Holmes, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode and for putting Gunsmoke in my brain because now that I've played it, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. One of the best things about Remember the Game is discovering retro titles that I missed that I would have loved as a kid that I do love now. Gunsmoke is one of them. Fucking so good. It's not easy to find, but if you can get your hands on it, fucking ROM it. Who cares? Just play it somewhere. It is excellent. Uh, and hey, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy what we do, if you like the podcast, maybe consider leaving us a good review. I don't know what they do, but I'm supposed to ask for them. Or even better, consider supporting us on the old Patreon box. It's only two US dollars a month, and it's going to get you two additional podcasts every week. We actually have three additional podcasts a week if you go to the higher tiers, but go over to patreon.com slash remember the game. You can find it all there. Not only do you get two additional podcasts a week, you also get to join our Discord, which is fucking growing like a weed, and it's awesome. You can write in comments to be read on all of the shows, including play one, remake one, erase one. You get a shout out on the show and all that other good stuff. Patreon.com slash remember the game. 5% of it every month is getting donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here at Edmonton too, so it's a good cause. And I have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Shoot me a, uh, just a postcard, a letter, something nice. I'm not asking for gifts. I'll send you a postcard back. We'll be friends. Uh, and finally, I'm on Twitch. I stream over there whenever I can. If you go to twitch.tv, look for Member the Game, and you can come by and say hi and tell me why I suck. And I'll be like, you're right. I do suck for that very reason. And it's a lot of fun. So you can find me over there. Uh, and if you're interested in Holmes Gunsmoke Giveaway, 
uh, head up our Discord, which I'm not trying to be like, hey, you got to sign up for the Patreon to win the Enterprise because I'm not allowed to do that and I'm not trying to do that. This was Holmes trying to connect with our community. So don't yell at me, fucking yell at Holmes. But it's really generous of him, awesome story. So again, you can find that in the Discord as well. All right? Thank you so much for listening, everybody. You guys are the best. I'll be back tomorrow with Expansion Pass number 102, which is our second Ask Adam Anything episode. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch and I'll be back next week with a whole nother juicy smorgasbord of video game podcasts including remember the game number 190 which god knock on wood we make it happen this weekend is finally going to be our resident evil code veronica episode thanks everybody i'll talk to you again later cheers goodbye Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are signed up at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'd like to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of their names and say thank you. A huge thanks to... Makeshift Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keys in a Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Gor- Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Matt McLean, Too Loud for the Crowd, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Chowdy Loudy, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Just a Fish, Noob Q, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Aaron Price, Dokabai, Ray San Juan Tongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Illegal Amigo 69, Ruben, Elizald, Eric, James, Laces Out, Dan, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, DB Muppet, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sostrich, Professionalism, Paul Burke, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Susanna, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabriel Dandria, sorry Gabriel, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Rowe, and Tyler Natiger. Thank you all so much for the support. You guys are the best. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye.